What is up? And welcome in to Post Loons. It is March 19th, 2022. I am here alongside Sam Pfeiffer from Pot on You Loons. And we are breaking down a 1 0 Minnesota United victory at home against the San Jose Earthquake. Sam, how you doing, man? Doing good. Play the song. Play the song, Play indeed. Yeah, Wonderwall. Yep. Wonderwall filling Allianz Field for the first time this year, for the first time in a while, actually. Um, very, very good to hear. Another 1-0 win. The second straight 1-0 win for the Loons. Um, in a game that, you know, last game against Red Bulls probably should have been a multi-goal win on their side. But luckily, we had Dane St. Clair in goal. Uh, keeping that a uh, keeping that a win for the loons. It was sort of the opposite tonight, where it really felt like Minnesota should have been two nil, three nil up by the end of it. But ultimately, you do come away with three points, although the scoreline isn't necessarily as convincing as you hoped it would be against a team like San Jose. We'll, we'll work on things. We'll get those shots under the crossbar rather than above. Yeah. No, we can't. We yeah, can't or be not right at the goalkeeper when you're in a one-on-one situation. <laughs> you know that too. Uh, but anyway, either way you slice it, we did yeah. get one past. That's all it took. It's a one-nil win. Thank you guys so much for uh, trickling into the stream. We do have quite a few people in. If you want to leave a comment or a question, head over to our YouTube channel to do that. We would love to respond to those as the game gets going, or as the uh, the stream gets going. Here, the game is over. But as the stream gets going, um, but as always, we are going to kick things off with our three things, sort of our three big takeaways each. And Sam, since you are the esteemed guest, I'm going to give the honors of going first. Thing one here. Are you making me go first just because you don't want to talk about how Hanu should have started again now that you saw that Dinladi got the nod ahead of him for those like last 10 minutes of the game? We're 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 past that now, Sam. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I I admitted that, you know, in hindsight, after these last couple of games, I may not have been as correct as I hoped I would be with that with that uh, particular take that Adrian Hanu should be starting. But either way, um, yeah, another another game where we didn't see Hanu tonight. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Sam, go ahead with your first thing. Yeah, and I did see the tweet. That is that's why I'm kind of poking poking a little fun at you is because I, I saw that you already poked fun at yourself. But yeah, my first thing that I'm going to say is we have been vulnerable to the revenge game. Okay. Here, hear me out. May 12, 2019, it was the Kelvo revenge game. All right. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a two zero victory for Chicago fire. Shortly after we parted ways with Kelvo sent him on his way to Chicago. He had, yeah, he, he had been kind of a defensive liability and he, he was on his way out. Well, in that game, May 12, 2019, he was anything but a defensive liability. And that was the first of three shout out losses I'm going to talk about that uh, that we experienced as Minnesota United fans in terms of the revenge game. The next one came September 2019. That was the Christian Ramirez revenge game, right? Superman. Our NASL era legend, 50 goals for the NASL loons, another 21 goals for the MLS loons. And we trade him to, we trade him to LAFC. He ends up with Houston. His first game against us, he scores in a 2-0 loss for the loons, another shutout loss. Okay, 
the the third revenge game I want to talk about. Really, it, it could be a revenge season. Uh, but it was Darwin Quintero on the last in the West Houston Dynamo in 2020. So it was September 2nd, 2020. He scores the first, he scores the first of three goals in a 3-0 loss for the Loons. Another shutout loss against a former Loon star. The first time we play them while they're on another team. He, of course, will play us again another two times. That was the weird year with COVID. He scores another goal as well as another assist. Even though the Houston Dynamo were quite bad that year. So, yeah. Jan Gregish, Jan Gregish had the opportunity to make it four for four. Former DP Jan Gregish, obviously Calvo was there as well, had the opportunity to make it four for four, serving up another revenge game. That did not happen. We broke the streak, guys. The streak is over. Thank goodness. Uh, Our national nightmare is over as Minnesota United fans. I do remember the Cantero game that you're talking about back in 2020. I still look at, look back at that as as one of those, like what the heck happened there? Like one of the, one of the worst losses I can, I can remember as a Minnesota United fan, just how bad the dynamo were and how good Minnesota United was trending at the time. Just a very shocking loss. And the fact that Cantero scored in that loss, just was sort of the icing on the cake, but yes, you get it done against Gregish against Calvo against Minnesota and Jackson Ewell tonight. One nil the win. Uh, Keep those questions and comments coming in, guys. We'd love to get to those as we move further in the stream here. But I'm going to get my first thing, and that is Almeida Ball was neutralized in a big way tonight. Now, what is Almeida Ball? Well, the way San Jose plays, or the way they have played so far under uh, under Almeida as their head coach, is they basically they play. Sam, did you ever play 500 at recess when you were a kid? growing up all the time yeah with the vortex ball yeah yes absolutely they play the soccer version of 500 where they literally just boot the ball downfield and hope for the best and so far granted their record is not great it's actually hasn't been bad for them they are sending the most passes in the league 30 plus yards downfield and are actually completing them if like the top four in the league in terms of percentage of those passes completed. So it's been all right, but Minnesota did not allow that to happen at all tonight. The way San Jose had to work is they were forced via Minnesota to work the ball up the field from the back. And that is objectively not their game. They are not great at doing that, but you did not see any of these long balls, these long stretching passes uh, down the field to try to attack. Minnesota really forced San Jose out of their game, out of their element, and forced them to slowly, meticulously bring the ball up the pitch. And what do you see in the stat line? Five total shots for San Jose. Goose egg on goal for the, for the earthquakes tonight. I thought it was a really, really good defensive performance from Minnesota. One of the best ones that I remember them having in a long time in terms of the defense shining specifically. And you add that to the fact that there's no O'Neal Fisher, there's no, obviously, no Chase Gasper. We obviously wish him well. You'll get to that in just a little bit, Sam. Um, you know, they're still sort of on that second tier of the back line. They're still kind of relying on that depth along the back line. Um, you're relying on Will Trapp and Kervin Ariaga in the central midfield as well. Again, not a familiar pairing, but one I think that is trending really well. 
Uh, but they all got it done in tandem tonight. Really, really good, solid defensive performance across the board. Yeah, I I think Minnesota United fans, and you know, sometimes they're being serious, sometimes they're being kind of saying in a mocking way, but people refer to Adrian Heath as the striker whisperer. You think about these past, well, now three plus seasons, right? 2019, fourth place in the Western Conference, 2020, fourth place in the Western Conference, 2021, fifth place in the Western Conference. Minnesota United is finishing high in the Western Conference year after year, not scoring a ton of goals ever, It, it right? That Clearly, we have a good thing going on defense. You now see Minnesota United four games into the 2022 season. Our optimal starting four, starting four in the back, not there. No problem. Perhaps Adrian Heath is the defensive whisperer. Uh, Let me workshop the name a little bit, okay? Let me workshop the name. (laughs) But he's a whisperer of something involving that back line. Yes. Yeah, he is. I mean, and, and you look at those last three teams, uh, the last three years, three full seasons, I guess, three plus years now. We expect 2022 to be a little bit different, although we haven't really seen that come to fruition yet from more of a t- an attacking presence. But those three years you're talking about, now you, you bring on more attacking oriented pieces, DPs, things like that. But no matter what, those three teams, those three seasons led from the back. They really led via their defensive performances. Um, And they had success because of those defensive performances and got wins because of those defensive performances and results because of those defensive performances. Um, So this is really, you know, it's tough to say vintage when you're talking about a team that's only in their sixth MLS season, but it was kind of a vintage Minnesota United performance tonight. And the fact that they're not going to give anything, they're going to push one across and that's going to be enough to get the job done. We've seen that time and time again with these really successful Minnesota United teams. They're not blowing anybody out. But they're really, really solid defensively. They find a way to get one on the board, and they get the job done that way. So my thing number two, they're not blowing anyone out yet. Okay, They're not blowing up anyone yet. Another Amaria goal off of his first touch. Last game at New York Red Bulls, an, a nice pass in by Hassani Dotson. Amaria volleys it into the goal. I'm sure you've all watched that goal on replay several times by now. Well, we get another one of those. It does take a bounce, but right off the bounce. Uh, so Robin Lud passes it into Amaria. It takes a bounce off the ground. Amaria on his first touch. He doesn't use his first touch to set the ball so that he can then take a shot. He uses his first touch to take the shot. He is finishing like a man that's going to deliver on that promise to score 25 goals right now. And he's not even playing at his finest yet. As I alluded to earlier, he shot the ball above the, uh, above the crossbar a couple of times tonight. Uh, The offense in general, not necessarily firing on all cylinders quite yet tonight, right? Tonight we heard Robin Lud's name more than we had the previous three games. Emmanuel Reynoso continues to do his thing between Bongi and Franco. They're in the mix, right? All of those players there had a chance that they wish they could have back. It seemed like our offense was starting to fire on all cylinders. Just the finishing was not there. 
We can work on that. We can improve on that. But our offense tonight was more exciting than it had been all season yet. It seems like Robin Lud finally settling in after whatever military duty he had in Finland. It looks like Luis Amaria finally settling in after a short offseason. Reynoso, um, obviously still in the mix. Franco and, and Bongi, right? Franco's been struggling with injury. Bongi, short offseason, uh, came, came into Minnesota United relatively late in the offseason. I think our offense is starting to heat up still. It's only one goal uh, in each of these four games, but I I think we're going to see some more from this offense. I think so too. And it is a transition and it's not just a transition to bringing on a new piece. When you've been Minnesota United and you haven't had a dangerous striker consistently really ever since Christian Ramirez left these, the wingers specifically Robin Wood, because he's been here the longest as a winger. Um, He's been called upon pretty much his entire time at Minnesota United to be a goal scorer. Hey, I know you're not the striker man, but, you know, our striker can't get it done, so you're going to have to put the ball in the back of the net. Stay with Emmanuel Reynoso. Fragapane last year sort of had that responsibility thrust upon him on the left too. Now you have a guy in Luis Samaria who, when given service, can put the ball away. That's great. That is a plus addition to your team for sure. But it changes that role and that mindset of the rest of the attack where, okay, we don't have to score goals now. We don't have to be in front of goal. We don't have to work centrally. We don't have to have that goal scoring mindset. Yep. It's great. If we do, it's great. If we find an opening a la Robin Lud in the first match against Philadelphia, but it sort of changes the way you play, especially as a winger where you don't necessarily have to work in that space is already taken by your striker. You, Your job is to give that guy space and give him the ball in a position where he can score. As weird as it sounds to say, the Minnesota United's attack has never been in that position before where they've had a striker who's been able to take on that responsibility. And so it changes the way you play. So a guy like Robin Lud, specifically, he is very, very good in front of goal. He is very, very good if given the ball between the posts, in the box, nine times out of ten. We saw that one time out of ten tonight where he doesn't put it away. Nine times out of ten, it's it's a surefire goal-scoring opportunity. He's putting it between the posts. It's either a goal or a great save by the keeper. But now when you have a striker who can sort of uh, consistently take over that space in front of goal, now guys like Lud and Fragapane sort of have to play a little bit wider and have to stay wide in order to give a guy like Amaria that space. It's a total transition in mindset and the way you play and the way you position yourself when you have a striker who can get the job done. It changes, in a good way, the dynamic, but it also, you need to allow that time for that change to happen, right? And I think we saw that tonight. That pass from Lud off the right, um, really, really good work to stay wide and get that pass in, really well-timed run from Amaria to sort of break free off the off the back of that defense at the right time so as to not be offside as well. He puts the ball in the back of the net. I think we're starting to see that transition happen and starting to see um, the way this offense can really click and really work. One thing I want to see, sort of when we sign Amaria, sort of the first thought is, man, Reynoso and Amaria together, that's fireworks. We haven't seen that yet. I want to see that tandem put you know get put together for a goal. Uh, or or 10 here in 2022. 
Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but um, the way things are trending, um, you know, I think we're looking at it here in the next couple matches. You know it well. I, I think we were spoiled a little bit when Reynoso came in in 2020, and he immediately made a gigantic impact, uh, even though he came in, what, halfway through the season, maybe even more than halfway through the season. Even, even though he came in late, it, to Minnesota United fans, at least, he was in the MVP conversation. Uh, to Minnesota United fans, at least, he was being talked about as our player of the year because he really hit the ground running and really developed an instantaneous relationship with Kevin Molino and, and Robin Lud. That's not typical, right? Anyone that watches a lot of soccer knows that that's not necessarily typical. I think this year, right? This year, we are seeing something a little bit more typical and just four games in, we're starting to see those pieces come together. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, it, it creates a lot of confidence for the future. I think the overall attacking performance tonight, you know, nothing that we really saw in the first, <clears throat> excuse me, the first three matches, while you're getting good results, has really instilled a lot of confidence that like, okay, this is this is the right, this is the, these are the right pieces to put together moving forward. Um, but tonight, I think the way that attack was consistently dangerous pretty much throughout the match, I, I think that instills a lot of confidence that, that Okay, there is potential here. You know, if we can get in a situation where all of our guys can can get over the ball and can actually uh, put consistent shots on target, we're going to be a dangerous team to face. Not only are we going to be good and solid defensively like we showed tonight, but we're going to be putting goals up, and then it's going to be really tough to compete with Minnesota United if once they're able to put those two pieces of the puzzle sort of together. Um, so hopefully we can continue to see an upward trend moving forward. But I am going to, with my second thing, Sam, sort of play off the negative portion of what you were saying, is that finishing to me is still a concern. Now, while goal-scoring opportunities and creating those goal-scoring opportunities was really good tonight, the finishing left a lot to be desired. Robin Ludd had another uh, chance or two that he really let go awry. Um, Bangakuli Klangwane, uh, which is actually going to be my third thing, um, he almost scored and almost just absolutely exploded the internet. Um, uh, it, you know, Allianz would have exploded a little bit oh extra for that too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would have been insane. Absolutely insane. Um, but I mean, he's looking like he's on the, on the cusp of getting a goal, but at the same time, even Amaria had a couple of additional chances that he really wasn't able to put away. There seems to be this, this, this cloud that hangs over no pun intended this cloud that hangs over minnesota united that that they can't consistently put the ball in the back of the net no matter how many chances they generate their shots on target percentage is better this season but four matches in you only get a goal apiece in those first four matches you gotta see more consistent finishing i'm optimistic i think there's a lot of potential but the consistency in finishing has to improve it just has to. Otherwise, who knows what we're going to see the rest of the way this season. Yeah, I, I agree. That is your second point. But I feel like in each of the points we have made so far, as well as just in our introduction, when we're kind of just talking to each other, I think that right finishing came up in each of those points and in each of those talking points. That was something noticeable today. And Let's face it, San Jose is not the class of the West. 
there are teams that will punish us for not finishing on those chances going forward. San Jose wasn't one of those, at least not tonight. But will we be so lucky against Seattle if we're playing like that? If we're shooting like that, I should say. Absolutely. All right, Sam, let's get into your third and final thing here. Uh, I had it somewhere in here. Did I not put it in here? All right, hold on. Talk about it and give me time to uh, to type it in here, and uh, and I'll throw it in. I I was just really you know, and I, I've been on there on here a handful of times with you, Jeremy, and I I appreciate you keeping on inviting me back. I typically like to bring up on the field points. My third point is an off the field point. I loved that the Wonderwall did a little tribute to Chase Gasper. Uh, tonight, we saw his number 77 in TIFO. We saw another TIFO that it, it was a larger like painting, I think, of Chase Gasper. I only got a glimpse of it on the broadcast. I was looking for it, a photograph of it on Twitter and couldn't find one. But there was uh, a, a larger TIFO that was painted out that said something along the lines of get well, Chase, or uh, you know, along those lines, we got your back, right? We got your back is what the message was. And I think that that's wonderful. I, I really think that that's wonderful. I missed having Chase there. I don't know him personally, but I've gotten to enjoy him over the past several years, watching him play, watching how excited he gets when the team is doing well, watching how much he puts into every game. And it was weird not seeing him there and knowing why, right? It was weird when, yeah. right, he had a concussion. That was weird not having him there just because he has been, he's been one of our appearance leaders, um, if not the top uh, appearance leader. He's been like number two or number three since he came into the league. But knowing that that he's out because he's seeking help for himself, uh, right? Like you just, yeah. you got to have the guys back. He's He's one of us. We miss him. We hope he comes back soon. We hope he comes back better than ever. Yeah, we got your back, Chase. Yeah, and uh, I th I think that's sort of the the sentiment that you have to have. And I, I think um, on the latest episode of 10K, um, Dom, who has a really good, I guess, overarching perspective on the history of global soccer with his work with Foot Fit English, talking about Venezuelan soccer, you know, it's sort of always been not just just in soccer in a lot of sports, but I guess in soccer specifically is what we're talking about here. This sort of um, hyper masculine mentality when it comes to um these sort of issues mental mental health um you know things like that things that might not be necessarily physical issues but that you still go through and that you still endure you know sort of maybe this been, been this mentality that you know you just don't talk about that stuff right that's not just in sports that's in life i feel like there are things that are changing in that regard that are positive um and i feel like the the response that i saw on social media and from the team, from teammates um, about Chase's situation, his uh, you know decision to voluntarily enter this this MLS program and things like that. I think it was, it's a really positive step forward um, for people who might be in similar situations to say, okay, I can take this step and it's going to be you know um, accepted. It's going to be you know people are going to react to it in a positive way. That could make the difference for somebody else, right? Just knowing that 
um, the reaction is going to be a positive one and a supportive one and that they're going to feel that that support from other people. Um, so hopefully Chase feels that support from us, from everybody else, because like you said, we have his back. Um, I, I really hope that that he finds what he needs. Um, not only not 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 even to get back on the field. You know, I would love to see him get back on the field, but just to sort of, you know, be in a good place mentally again. Right. I think that's what it's all about. Just just find yourself in a better place moving forward. I think that's the reason why this program exists. I think it's very brave and very good of Chase, <clears throat> excuse me, that he checked himself in to this program. Um, and hopefully he finds what he needs and, and can come out the other side. Um, and I think if he does find his way back onto the pitch at Allianz Field again, that reaction is going to be unbelievable. Um, so I hope we get that. But at the end of the day, I just hope Chase gets the help he needs, finds what he needs to be able to move forward. Absolutely. I believe in you, Chase. Absolutely. I think we all do. All right, let's get to some of these questions and comments uh, as we uh, move forward here. Uh, Blah, Blah's third straight week entering the chat. We appreciate it. When was the last time three-plus Minnesota professional sports franchises won games on the same day? I'm sure Sam doesn't want to talk about one of those results. Um, But, uh, yes, the Timberwolves, Wild, and Loons all won today. Sam, the Wolves beating your Bucks. Uh, Sorry about that. But uh, you know, you know, I I didn't even know they were playing. <laughs> actually, you know what? That might have been yesterday. I think the Wolves and the Bucks might have played yesterday. I actually think the Wolves played because the, they played on the road at, at Milwaukee yesterday. I think they played at home today. So disregard what I said. But no, no, uh, yeah. Wolves, Wild, and Loons all win today. That's pretty cool. And I guess I, I am would, not. Would say the Twins won today because they made a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good trade. Uh, for uh, an, a Major League Baseball All-Star. But um, other than that, I think, uh, yeah, today's been an overall good day for Minnesota sports. Yeah, like there are only two Minnesota teams that I don't like. The rest of them I'm all good with or actively cheer for. It's just, right, like the Loons, I love the Loons because I love mm-hmm. soccer. Basketball, I I don't really follow basketball. Uh, March, March Madness is fun, so I'm paying a little bit more attention right now, but that's college. So, yeah, you, you know, what I'm getting at is I have nothing against the Wolves. Go Wolves. <laughs> Love that. All right. Uh, Andrew Nelson, so many sky shots on goal. Why can't our guys get over the ball? Yeah, we we, we talked about that a little bit. The, the finishing is a concern moving forward. Um, I think there is optimism with uh, optimism with Amaria at the nine that that can sort of become more consistent moving forward. Um, so let's go through these game notes just a little bit. Um, my third thing was was Bongi. Uh, it was um, I I found myself actually, I would say probably five or six minutes after that that situation happened where he gets in and almost scores a goal. I found myself still standing. From that moment, like five minutes later, I was like, oh, I'm still standing up. I haven't sat back down yet because as he's moving in on goal, I'm doing this like, oh, it's going to happen, you know, and uh, it doesn't, unfortunately. But um, yeah, that would have been a a great moment. Uh, The Minnesota United Facebook page would have probably like crashed. Um, The Twitter page would have probably crashed, too. 
Um, Allianz would have just went insane. Um, it, it'll it'll be a magical moment when Bongi is finally able to sort of get that first one uh, in the back of the net. That'll be fun. Unfortunately, it just did not happen tonight. So I'm excited that we have like South Africa fever going on in Minnesota United fandom right now because in college I had someone bring me a flag they like studied abroad in South Africa and they brought me back a South African flag and I haven't been able to do anything with that in a really long time it was hanging up in my dorm room once upon a time but since then it's just been folded up and in a cabinet when I go to Allianz Field and hopefully it's for the Seattle game but I'll, I'll be there soon I'm I'm busting out that flag. I'm I'm going to be a flag guy. I never thought I would be one of those guys waving a flag. That's going to be me. Finally got an they excuse sh- to bust out the South African flag. Minnesota United really missed a marketing opportunity here to like just if 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 they knew that he was starting ahead of time. Just sort of as an as like a little like announcement to the people who are entering Allianz. Just hand them little South African flags as they're walking yep. in. 18,000 South African flags going crazy when Bongi's name is announced in the starting 11. Would have been crazy. Would have been awesome. Missed opportunity there, Minnesota United Marketing. But well, okay. they listened to Post Loon, so I'm sure that that's coming up. So There you go. Next time he's in the 11, I want those little South African flags, darn it. Um, <laughs> before we get into some of the, uh, the, the, big, uh, the big things that happen in our game notes here, I uh, want to talk about our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, and when I say friends, like, you know, a lot of podcasts and, and places who have sponsors, it's like, oh, our friends. Uh, but no, it's 100% real with Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, they have been supporting Post Loons since the very beginning. Since there was, before there was even an episode of Post Loons, they decided to invest in Post Loons and help us out. They were our title sponsor last year. They're back on board for 2022. Um, This is part indoor soccer facility, part coffee shop. It's like the coolest combination of things you can ever put together in your life. Um, The coffee's great. The indoor soccer's great. They have pickup. You can rent a field. uh, You can rent field time for your your party, your outing, your team, whatever you need. Um, They always have soccer on the TV in the coffee shop too, so... If you're in like a work from home situation, but you don't want to work from your house, head over to Night Street. They got, they have a Premier League, La Liga, you know, Europa League, Champions League, MLS. They have, they have it all on at, at Night Street. So you can go during the day, two o'clock on a Thursday and watch them EPL if you want. Um, really cool place. They also have Minnesota United watch parties for certain select uh, road games throughout the season as well. So check them out. You'll be happy you did. 9th Street MPLS.com. You can see at the bottom there, it's spelled out N I N T H S T R E E T M P L S.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at 9th Street MPLS. Um, I, I would say thank you to 9th Street MPLS, but that really does not quantify how much we appreciate 9th Street Soccer and Coffee for supporting Post Loons. Um, and Sam, we, we got to get that, that, uh, Minnesota United podcast uh, pickup game together that we've been talking about for like a year now. It's got to happen. I I'd like to do it. It's been a while since I've been able to kick around a ball, but I've, I've been staying in shape every, every time I listen to a podcast while I'm running, I, uh, I I'm like, 
I want to take on these guys. <laughs> Just talking about how badly you want to beat them. Like, yep. oh. Oh, Jeremy, Jeremy and Dom. I can't wait to just dust them in a game of pickup soccer. That's what you're, that's what you're thinking. Yeah. I I don't know. Like you're only like a couple of years younger than me, I think, but Dom and Eli, they're like younger than you. Right. No, Eli's still in college. Right. right. I think it's like mid twenties, but like Eli's yeah. Eli's a baby. Well, I'm mid thirties. So, (laughs) but but I can run like I'm mid 20. So I got this. Let's do it. Oh, wow. That's confidence. That's straight up <laughs> confidence. Uh, maybe we'll have to get that together at Ninth Street. That'll be a lot of great content for the Soda Soccer social handles. Uh, but yeah, check them out, NinthStreetMPLS.com or follow them <clears throat> on the socials at Ninth Street MPLS. I'm getting all choked up over here. I don't know what's going on. Um, maybe it's just late. I've been talking you, a lot today. Um, you know what you it like was? That anytime you talk about Ninth Street Soccer. It is, it is getting me. You know what it was, though? So um, I'm a huge, as an aside, we'll get back to the loons talk. Don't leave. Don't leave, people, okay? So give me a quick aside. Um, so I'm a huge Illini basketball fan, Illinois Fighting Illini. They played probably the most painfully, like, torturous game in the history of, of my fandom last night. They, they won – by a single point, the only lead they took in the entire game was with 30 seconds left. It was absolute torture. I thought they were going to get upset in the first round. They did not. Thank goodness. But I was screaming at the, at the TV the entire time. Combine that with a podcast. It's not great for the old vocal cords. So hopefully, I'm praying that my voice can uh, can make it through to the end here on Post Loons. But anyways, let's get into the game notes here. Back into what happened on the pitch at Allianz Field tonight. Um, and we're going to start here with um, with the 11th minute. This was a really, really good opportunity for the Loons right off the bat. Um, a curling free kick from Reynoso that lifts just over the crossbar. Um, but I want to talk about the, the set piece generation for Minnesota United so far this season. It has not been great. Uh, four additional corners tonight. So, but I still think even so that ranks them near the bottom of the lead in quarter kick generation. They've only had, that was only their second direct free kick that they've generated all season long. And this is a team that is traditionally from a, from an attacking standpoint has really thrived on set pieces in terms of, uh, you know, use, utilizing those to generate solid goal scoring opportunities, but they haven't really done that yet this year at a consistent rate. Um, I think that's something they're going to have to improve upon if they want to, as we talked about earlier, sort of increase that goal scoring output and put more balls in the back of the net. I think they need to generate more corner kicks and free kicks to, to be able to do that. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but I know that this has been something that we have been talking about for a couple of years now. This mm-hmm. isn't new in, in terms of, Minnesota United not generating many corners or not generating as many free kicks. This isn't new. I I don't have the stat. I apologize. It it just kind of seems to be more of the same. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And it's, I think it's might just be a stylistic thing at this point, but personally, and again, I'm not in that front office. I'm not on the sideline and I'm not on the team. Um, I, I would like to see them be a little bit more aggressive in the attack to try to generate more of those set piece opportunities. But 
um, we'll see. We'll see moving forward if that if that improves or not, and how that affects their overall ability to to score goals moving forward. Um, but this takes us to the twenty second minute and talk about a a just absolute golden opportunity wasted. Um, Loons hit a counter quickly, end up on a three on one situation. Lud in the middle finds Bongi on the left, sends a really nice pass to Amaria streaking down the right. And uh, the Quakes keeper comes way off his line. Amaria tries to chip him, a la Darren Quintero, uh, but there's just a little too much sauce on it. Ends up in the top netting. That's another situation similar to the Reynoso one-on-one in the Red Bulls match. You just leave that situation thinking, man, like, that's got to be a goal. And when this offense is clicking on all cylinders, I feel like that will be a goal. But that sort of compartmentalizes the fact that we're just not all the way there yet with this attack. Right. And that kind of goes back to what I said earlier. We missed a lot of chances tonight. Not a big deal. We are playing San Jose. Nothing in San Jose. But they're not they're not one of the blue chip Western Conference teams at this time. The Seattles, the Kansas Cities. The Colorados, will we get away with missing chances once we're up against teams like that? Probably not. No, I don't think so. And um, you, know, the, you have Seattle in two weeks. That's your next match. You're off for the international break, uh, the small international break for these next couple weeks. You're off next weekend. But then April 2nd, you're right back at it against Seattle, who after a slow start, seems like they're starting to pick back up again. So you definitely want to be at your best for that match at Allianz against the Sounders on April 2nd, for sure. And a great way to do that is to finish off the chances that you generate. Uh, but in the 32nd minute, we did see that. Uh, Robin Lud on the right, we already talked about this, sends in the perfect pass across the box. It is deflected a little bit, but great time run from Amaria to get in behind, and he finishes brilliantly to give the Loons the lead. Um. We talk, we've already talked about this, but, I mean, this was really two goals and two matches for Amaria. He is a guy who, you know, coming in had to be – I mean, if anybody is going to be that guy to sort of break this vicious cycle of striker struggles for Minnesota United, it had to be Luis Amaria. If it wasn't going to be Amaria, it wasn't going to be anybody, right? Um, so the fact that now we got two goals and two matches um, – I think that really sets up positively for him moving forward, but also in just our ability as supporters, but also Adrian Heath's ability to trust in a guy and say, okay, this is, this is our guy moving forward. And also in the process completely shut me up about my Adrian Unu take that he should be starting. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm, I'll put my hand up on that one. Probably not the best take I've ever had. I'll have, I'll have worse ones. I'm sure moving forward. Uh, so I mean, we don't, we don't know if it was a bad take because we haven't seen Hanu. That's true. Right? That's true. But I think Amaria's performance, specifically over the last couple of uh, matches, is doing the job there to shut me up. But uh, you know, I would I would like to see Hanu. Uh, you can see him get more time on the pitch. But that's neither here nor there. Anyways, really, really, again, we talk about being optimistic about the future of this attack. It helps when your starting striker scores each in each of the last two matches. Now. Um, how many does he owe us now, Sam? That's that's a great question to sort of pull Minnesota United, uh, you know, supporters about. 
how many, you know, of the 25, are we are we resetting that 25 heading into this year? Or do the 2020 goals count towards that 25? Where are you at in this debate? I I personally think we give him credit for the two MLS goals and the one MLS is back goal that he scored in 2020. Okay. That that's so where I'm at. Yeah. I want 20 more, Luis. Okay. 20 more and we're even. 20 more and we're even. I like that. I, again, I don't think anyone will complain. Well, maybe some people will complain because that's what some people do. <laughs> um, but uh, most people will not complain. I think um, if we get 20, that he owes us one or two more. But J- uh, Jeremy would be like, who knew would have scored 30. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Give him the opportunity. Give him the ball. Let him run with it. He'll he'll drop 40. He'll drop 40 Not. in the season. He'll set the all-time record. No, uh, and, I, I, and I don't mean to tease Hanu. I like Hanu. I know. I, I, again, I'm, te- I I'm teasing see you. I'm not teasing Hanu. I'm teasing you. I like you too. I but... like... Adrian Heath has talked about if this defense gets healthy that the five I've the, the three five two five three two five three two yeah is in play for Minnesota United three five two I think three five two I can't remember it's either three five two or five three two but either way that a two striker setup is in play for Minnesota United if they're able to get enough defenders healthy to warrant that setup I would like to see how that goes personally now that the caveat being if over the next few matches this team just starts cooking in the 4-2-3-1 and putting on multiple matches. There's no reason to tweak with that at all. But if there's seems like there's room for improvement in the attack and you get enough defenders healthy, I would really like to see a two-striker setup with uh, with Amari and Hanu and see what those two can do on the field together. I hear that. I hear that. And I, I just like with this lineup now, and I, I know that this is a little off topic. I, I just like that there are options and mm-hmm. right. Like we can, we can play a lineup based on what we want to do on any given game. It's pretty cool. Not used to that. It is. It is. Um, and it's, it's, it's a nice, I guess, uh breath of fresh air uh, for us, Minnesota United supporters. Cause we really haven't had that too much in the past, um, especially when it comes to depth. But uh, right. anyways, uh, moving on here, and I'm going to skip a little bit. Um, 63rd minute. This was could have been the magic moment for uh, the country of South Africa as a whole. Uh, Bongi works his way through the Quakes defense. And this is sort of like his his sort of just like move forward, balls to the wall kind of style. This is a situation where it pays dividends. There were a couple times earlier in the match where he sort of just ran himself into the defense and caused a turnover. But here... He's able to kind of get a pass, but at the same time, he's receiving the pass, split the defense, and get one-on-one on goal. Fortunately, he's not able to put put it away. Um, credit where credit's due. Great save by Marcinkowski, the Quakes keeper. Um, but he denies the whole country of South Africa uh, a chance for uh, jubilation, unfortunately. Um, but I think it does uh, uh, continue to kind of drive home the fact that Bongi's an option for this team. Like he is somebody you can put on the field. And while he didn't have a really great, you know, foot mob man of the match type performance tonight, I mean, he still showed some of those glimpses that keep you keep him in your mind as, you know, get him get him some more run, get him, you know, fully ingrained, um, get him some, some consistent time in the pitch. And 
this is a kid who can do some really good things, not only this year, but you know, he's 21 years old. Talking about long term for Minnesota United, um, there's a lot to be excited about with Hongwani here. Yeah, and right, like Heath is a relatively predictable coach. And I, I say that like I think that that's a good thing. I like that. We don't have to guess what his motives are. If he doesn't think a player is ready, he's not going to force them into the lineup. You've seen Bongi. It's been every game so far this season, right? He's made four appearances now for the Loons. Am I correct? I'm pretty sure I'm correct. Uh, Let's yes. just pretend yeah, I'm correct. He's appeared in all four matches. Yeah. Yeah. He's appeared in all four matches. Heath only does that when he believes that it's time. He doesn't force players into the lineup. Before forcing Bongi to play on on the left wing, he would have like, you know, pretended that Hassani Dotson would work in that spot. Exactly. Right? exactly. If, if he didn't trust Bongi, he he would have taken a player that he trusted more and played them out of position on the left wing because Adrian Heath likes playing guys that he trusts. The fact that he already trusts Bongi at this point in the season, right? Like. That's really cool. It kind of reminds me of uh, what 2019 when you see Hassani and Chase getting so much playing time so early on. Bongi kind of is in that same vein. It's pretty cool. Very, very cool. Uh, moving on, I don't have it in the notes here, but I believe it was around this time where um, there was a really dangerous opportunity for San Jose. Jeremy Abobasi found himself one-on-one with Brent Coleman, And Coleman, who has been in great form pretty much all season long, um, stepped up to the plate here in a 1v1 situation and did not let Ibobasi do a single thing on the ball. Really stood solid and forced the turnover. Coleman has been awesome for Minnesota United, not only this season, but when called upon last season as well. There were certain times where he was called upon in like a spot start situation. He stepped up. Anytime he was called upon off the bench, he stepped up. I think that was a really, really crucial re-signing for Minnesota United this offseason, especially considering the the depth issues that are the, the the defensive issues from a health standpoint that they have faced so far this season. Coleman has stepped up to the plate, and I don't necessarily think it's a foregone conclusion that when Kamar Lawrence is healthy, that all of a sudden he's going to be on the left, Abbasi's going to be at, at center back, and Coleman finds himself on the bench. I think Coleman has made this a really, really interesting scenario that when even at full health, he still might be your starting center back. He has played that well, I think, so far this season and been that solid. I think been a huge, huge reason why Minnesota United has been able to keep two clean sheets in a row, but also get four results in four matches while only scoring one goal in each of those four matches has been due a lot due, I think, to his performance specifically. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, nothing much more to say there. I think he's an underappreciated guy. We didn't even right like the loons didn't even lock up his contract right away going into the offseason. They kind of just were like, okay, we'll we'll let him free hit free agency and we'll make sure that we bring him back in. But Coleman could have gone somewhere else. I, I'm guessing that I, I'm guessing that other teams didn't snatch at him. Maybe they should have. Maybe they should have because he has been proving uh you know super re- reliable for the loons time and time again. I, I I don't have much more to add, Jeremy. I think you did a good job explaining all that. Um, people are starting to take notice. 
right? Yeah. What was it, just two years ago? He was loaned to USL Championship El Paso Locomotive, and we kind of thought, okay, this is this is kind of <laughs> like the last of the NASL guys. The last of the former NASL guys. That era is gone. There's no more connection to that former team. Well because of just injuries and things like that. He ends up back with the first team. He, he finds himself back into games and he has been proving why he belongs here. Absolutely. All right. Going to take a quick break here and talk about our friends over at stimulus athletic. Um, similar to Ninth street in terms of like how early they got on the 10 K slash soda soccer bandwagon. Um, stimulus has been with us since the 10,000 pitches podcast really started the 10,000 pitches podcast started in may of 2020 and by july stimulus was on board as a title sponsor um very very risky of them to trust a brand new podcast in the middle of a pandemic but uh that support has been so crucial for us and continuing to grow what we what we've done and now with sodasoccer.com they're continuing to um help us out and invest in us um so we hope that you invest in them now there are certain ways you can do that if you're an average joe just looking for some some cool stuff um stimulus athletic partners up with some of the coolest soccer clubs nationwide to put out some soccer jerseys uh minneapolis city you might have heard of them uh, other local clubs dynamo fc st cloud vlora fc joy athletic um, if you want to go nationwide, Tulsa Athletic, who was in the NPSL Championship last year. Um, if you want to go worldwide, how about the Anguian National Team using Stimulus Athletic for their jerseys, their kits, their game gear and apparel. Some of the best local, national, and even international teams trust Stimulus Athletic for their game gear and apparel. So if you're an average guy just looking for a cool soccer jersey, you have all those options. If you are a coach or an AD or a... Um, an owner of a club and you're looking for somebody to outfit your club with game gear and apparel at affordable prices, right? Cause you don't want it to break the bank. You want it to be affordable for you and your club. Uh, um, but you want to, you want to wear some cool stuff and you want to wear some stuff that's going to feel good while you're playing in it too. Right. Um, Stimulus athletic checks all those boxes. Go check them out. Stimulusathletic.com for quality game gear, apparel and athleisure wear at affordable prices stimulusathletic.com you click that get started button and then you let them know that jeremy and sam from post loons and soda soccer sent you over there uh gonna get into the comments here um uh, let me bring them up dave valensky always appreciate dave valensky's uh uh addition to post loons he's been with us since the very beginning in terms of getting in the comments and getting in the chat so we always appreciate you dave he said we should have won three nil and san jose should have been playing with 10 men um yeah, so let, I didn't have that in the game notes, but that I think is a situation we're talking about, Sam. Um, Francisco Calvo going studs to the ankle of Robin Lud. Now, in a nutshell, maybe that isn't a red, but Bridget McDowell of Switch the Pitch and a great friend of us here at Soda Soccer put out a good comparison that Will Trapp got yellowed for tugging on a jersey. Francisco Calvo gets equal discipline for cleaning a guy in the shin. Eh, I don't know. Not necessarily the same situation if you ask me. Right. Yeah. The, the trap one was incredibly soft. 
I, I didn't look back at the Kel, right? We all wanted Calvo to get the red, uh, not just because that would have been advantageous <laughs> to Minnesota United, but it just would have been funny because it's Calvo. Right. We all wanted it. I, I didn't really look back at it a lot to be like, oh, yeah, that that should have been a red or oh, no, like play on. It was just a yellow. Let's let's move on. I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't really look into that, but I wanted it to be a red. Storyline uh, was better. Sports was broadcast, the Valley Sports broadcast, bless them, went like super slow mo replay on it. Okay, and it was it was it was so late, like it was it was a classic Calvo, just reckless type challenge. No regard for where the ball is or what is happening in the run of play. He just sees a guy with the ball and he's just going. He just attacks him. Like that's Calvo's mo, pretty much. Um, so it was, it was classic. Um, but credits of Valley just going super slow mo replay, just, just like try to hype up and show how bad and egregious this really was. I love that little touch. Um, but I, yeah, I, I won't was, tell you how I was watching, but I was not watching Valley. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> using using some sort of a system where you can, um, yeah, no, no, it's not. I, I got you, I got you, Sam, I got you. <laughs> Uh, Surfshark VPN slash 10K. Okay. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I think considering Traps was a yellow, you're sort of setting the tone for the rest of the match, right? And that's the problem with giving out soft cards is then you need to sort of call the game at a similar level the rest of the time, Right. Um, especially when you give out a soft card early on. So the referee did not put himself in a very good position there with that yellow on trap for tugging the jersey. Um, so if we're going to go yellow on trap for tugging the jersey, personally, I think we need to go red on Calvo for the studs to the ankle. But in a nutshell, probably a yellow card was the fair assessment for that challenge if it weren't for the trap yellow that came previous to that. Um, Hype Brown back in the chat, he says, Loving the Hongwane and Fragapane dynamic. Um, I didn't I just now realized that their last names rhyme, Sam. Hongwane, huh. Fragapane. Hey. Love that. Hey. Love that. Thank you, Hype Brown. Appreciate that. Uh start either one, bring the other in the second half for fresh legs and juice. Flex emoji. Uh yeah, I think that's a really good thing happening on the left wing. Left wing traditionally has really been a um I've used this term. This might be a little bit of an intense term, but it's been a crater for Minnesota United, in my opinion, in the in the past, especially pre-Franco Fragapane, where you were having to put Hassani Dotson on the left wing. You were having to you're having to put Robin Lud on the left wing when he is left-footed. That doesn't make any sense. Like, but that just shows how like they haven't had a, a left winger in general until they brought in Fragapane. But even when you bring in one guy, you don't have any depth there. And now you have two quality guys who you can trust. And Adrian Heath, as you mentioned, shown he, he does trust to play at that position. I think that's a huge, huge plus. Another plus from a depth standpoint. We're talking about how, you know, a lot of the talking points and a lot of storylines for Minnesota United is, do they actually have depth this season, right? Is It's not a mirage. It shouldn't be a mirage this year. They actually have depth, right? Um, we've seen that on the back line with the way they've stepped up considering the injuries. And I think now you can add left wing 
specifically to a spot where they have maybe the the best depth of any position on the field, which is saying something. Yeah, I I love it, and I appreciate this comment. It it's not like oh Franco or Bongi, it's we have Franco and Bongi, and yeah. right. This has been my thing on Pot on You Loons is I want people to start thinking in this mindset. I have started to think in this mindset as I see this roster develop and as I see this roster improve. Right, I'm I'm a I'm a Chelsea fan. Right, Chelsea has to pick between Ingolo Conte. Uh, Jorginho and Mateo Kovacic, some combination of those three, they can only play two in most games. Right. Like Minnesota United, right. Chelsea can make that work. Minnesota United can make Bongi and Franco both get playing time. Minnesota United can have Kervin and Hassani both get playing time. Dane St. Clair and Tyler Miller. I, I don't know. Probably something has to give there, but in the outfield positions, it's nice to have some options. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're gonna love this quote from James on last week's pot on you loons. This might have been this might be my favorite quote ever in the history of post loons. Um, James said we were talking about Dotson and how sort of he may he might be the odd man out in this defensive midfield situation. And James said, yeah, it's kind of a situation where we have depth, which is great, but we also have depth, which is bad. And that to me is just such a great quote and encapsulation of kind of where Minnesota United is. And sort of, as you mentioned, these sort of um, differing opinions on what that depth can mean at certain positions. Like like depth is good because it means you've got options, but it also could leave somebody out of the picture who, you know, can be a solid contributor and probably deserves the playing time, but they're not because we have all these other options. Right. Uh, but this, the way he said it, we have depth, which is yeah. great, but we also have depth, which is bad. Is I, I love that quote. Uh, Michael, Michael up on the wall here. I, I might put it behind me on like a whiteboard or something moving forward. Cause that's just one yeah. of the better, the better quotes I've ever heard. I, I was going to say, you got to develop your studio a little bit. You got a white wall right now. I, I know. Tell me about it. Right. It's you, been in the world. You you just bought this house, right? It's time to make it your own. Okay. You know, I have a white wall too, but I, at least I I have this great uh, this great image of Camp Randall Stadium behind me. I can I can see the bottom corner of it, Sam. Hmm. So you got you got me beat by the bottom corner of a yep. picture. So congrats. <laughs> that that's nice. I, I do need to get some stuff on this wall. I just changed the setup leading into the season. I used to be facing the rest of my basement in the background, which you can see the mess. But now I've sort of switched things up a little bit. I got this little desk extension. So now I can face the wall behind me. I just haven't done anything with the wall behind me. So we're going to figure that out, though. Well, we'll get better. As Minnesota United's attack is going to get better moving forward, as will my setup in the wall behind here for postings. It'll be more Jeremy's form studio. Home studio will be coming into form. It will. It will be very much coming into form. Uh, Andrew Nelson uh, chiming in on the Coleman uh, discussion. He says, Coleman has been the all-star of my fantasy team so far. Yeah, a lot of clearances for Coleman specifically. And I, a lot of that has to do with just the fact I think they, they don't have much height elsewhere on the back line. Um, I think he's just by default the tallest one they have on the back line right now. So he's going to get a lot of those clearances. But uh, that'll get you some fantasy points. So shout out Andrew there. 
Um, we're pushing well, and- the hour mark here on Post Loons, guys. Sam, you want to chime in? I, I was just going to say, I don't play a lot of fantasy soccer, but I'm assuming Brent Coleman was a pretty cheap pickup, too. Like, he probably got yeah. to put him in his lineup for, like, nothing, so. I have to imagine. I would have to yeah. imagine. Again, I don't know how fantasy soccer works either. I don't know if it's a, if it's a, a like, a DFS system where you sort of pay for guys or or what, what that situation is. But, um, yeah, good value either way for Brett Coleman on your fantasy team. That is definitely accurate. Uh, we just reached the hour mark, Sam. So I think we're going to start wrapping things up here. If anybody over yep. the next couple of minutes has any other questions, comments, or hot takes, let us know. But let's look forward now, Sam. We have the international break here um, over these next couple of weeks. Hopefully the U.S. can solidify a spot. I'm, I'm doing all the, all the all of this I can to try to will that into into um, into reality. So let's hope let's hope we can do that. But um, coming off of that, April 2nd is your next match. You're at home against Seattle. A chance to really make a statement that you're going to be uh, a team to contend with in the West. But you're going to be coming off a two-week break, as will Seattle, though. Um, how do you feel about, right now, Minnesota's chances to compete at that level with a perennial power in the West? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was at the game at Allianz Field last summer when Minnesota United defeated Seattle. We can we can do it, uh, right? We we compete with Seattle. Um, Seattle has gotten the best of us, uh, you know. Ultimately, obviously, the Western Conference Final of 2020 Just comes to mind. To bring that up. Uh, I, I mean, right? Like we got to shake. We got to shake that. Bugaboo, I don't know. We got to shake that off of us. But I I don't think that we're so outmatched by Seattle. I I really do not. No. We we can do it. There's no reason we can't. We don't have a ton of guys going away for international duty. We we do have some, but we should come back relatively rested. Yeah, let's go. No reason we can't. I'm interested, and this is sort of off topic to the to the discussion we're having right now, and I apologize for sort of diverting. I'm really interested interested to see if Dane gets uh, gets some playing time with the Canadian national team, considering they have a World Cup spot locked up, considering they pretty much have the number one spot on the CONCACAF table locked up. I wonder if they give a young kid like Dane the opportunity to uh, to get some run with the national team during this uh, cycle, because I guess he will be selected uh, to you know, be with the team, which is great. Um, I just wonder if we'll actually get a chance to chance to shine considering um, they don't really need to have their starters out there significantly for any reason. Yeah. And right. Like even if they do switch in a few new guys, like they've been doing great for this entire qualifier and switching in a few new guys doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have a huge drop off. Certainly not if there's in Dane St. Clair. For sure. Absolutely. That'll be interesting. But but to the Seattle point, I completely agree, Sam. I to be honest, and this may be uh the optimist in me, and then you know, I might get called out for saying this. I'd put this Minnesota United roster when healthy, top to bottom, against anybody in the league, not even the West, anybody in MLS. I think you look at top to bottom when uh you know you have a fully healthy squad, any position on the field, when you look at the back line, defensive midfield, wingers, number 10. Number nine, I mean, it's it's hard to say that anybody else is is marginally better than that roster. 
Would you agree? Yeah, I really think we can beat anyone. And the, the reason I think we can beat anyone is we can play some really good defense. To me, the question is, is do we break down a really good defense and do we get that goal? We have proven to have difficulty when we're in the position of having to break down a defense. We do great when we're watching other teams try to break us down. But can we break those teams down um, that, that basically try to beat us at our own game? That That's where I more have concerns. But yeah, I think we can beat any team in this league. I don't know if I would put us number one in the power rankings, but I think we can beat whoever is number one in the power rankings. There's no reason we can't. We have a great we have a great roster. We have a great squad. Get that offense going and then we'll really be dangerous. Yeah, I completely agree. And I I think it was the Philadelphia match last year that sort of changed my mindset on this because you're right, Sam. Traditionally, especially against a quality team, if Minnesota United didn't score first, you could pretty much turn the TV off and be like, okay, they're you know it's over, right? Um, that's a but, that's another stat that I I should have ready. If you if you look at last year when the Loons score first, our chances of winning very high. When the Loons yeah. score second, chances of winning very low. Mm-hmm. Not a good team playing from behind traditionally. Yeah, but we're not a, we're not able to play our game. When but we don't against score the Union, first, we don't play our game. Yeah, correct. But against the Union in that match, they came from behind and got three points at home against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And that's sort of where my mind shifted. I'm like, oh, this this team is is different than they've been. When clicking, when at full strength, when at full health. This team, this is a different Minnesota United team. And I think that that that's even more the case here in 2022. And that's always the caveat when they're healthy, right? I feel like that's always just the asterisk we got to put on anything we talk about that's remotely optimistic with Minnesota United is when they're healthy. Um, but I will say that a full-strength Minnesota United roster, I think, had, had the sky's the limit for me. It's just a matter of how much how much the consistency they can get in getting out on the field. I hear that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Post Loons. We appreciate all the comments, all the views, all the questions, all the takes, all just the, the viewership, the retweets, the likes, the thumbs-ups. If you could give us a thumbs-up on YouTube on your way out, that would be very much appreciated. If you give us a retweet on Twitter on your way out so somebody else can check us out as they're getting home, from attending the match at Allianz Field. That would be awesome. Whether you're watching live or listening on the podcast feed, we really, really do appreciate it. And, uh, I mean, we got a little bit of a break now. Next weekend off, April 2nd, we'll be back and better than ever for another edition of Post Loons. Till then, enjoy the international break, and we will catch you then. Bye-bye. Peace out, guys.